Is Kyler Murray overrated? Hmm. You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. On Cardinals, your team every day. Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. So the DeAndre Hopkins malaise is kind of gone. It happened very quickly in a news dumpy fashion of information on a Friday uh, in true Arizona Cardinals style. Where he goes next is of no concern to the Arizona Cardinals. And it sucks that it had to be this way. I mean, I still value DeAndre Hopkins as a top 10 wide receiver when healthy. I think anybody that's listened to this podcast for a while knows that. First off, thank you, everydayers who take time out of your day twice a week, three three times a week, five times a week, and um, listen to the ramblings of a madman such as I. Um, I appreciate it. If this is your first time listening to Lockdown Cardinals, thank you. Buckle up. It's going to be a hell of an offseason. Um, I focused a lot last week on Buda Baker and DeAndre Hopkins, and it was more of a best-case scenario for the Cardinals. I still think the Cardinals should resign DeAndre Hopkins. I know that he didn't want to be here. I know that future plan-wise, getting the dead cat money off the books in 2023 was the prudent choice and would behoove the Cardinals in the future because it would benefit you know, from having – more flexibility salary cap wise moving forward. I completely understand all of it. I am was holding on to, and rationally so, the idea of DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, and Kyler Murray all on the field together playing meaningful snaps together, which we didn't see last year and which we will never see ever again. Uh, I try not to go back to that 2022 draft where I was off the wall when they actually traded for Hollywood Brown, gave him a first-round pick, and then drafted a tight end in the second round. And it kind of put the Cardinals stagnant, and then everything happened in 2022 that was kind of out of their control with you know injuries, et cetera. But moving forward, there is going to be one question that will be discussed, has already been discussed, and people have already made their mind up through four years of this young man's career. Is Kyler Murray overrated? And I'm going to give my thoughts in the first segment, and then I'm going to toss it over, as it were, to Bleacher Report's own uh, Gary Davenport, who did an article. This was uh, a few days ago, where he's where the title was NFL's most overrated player at each position entering 2023 season. And who is the first picture? Who is the picture on the article? Kyler Murray. And I'll go into, you know, what he discussed, et cetera, from a national perspective. But for me, do I think he's overrated? No. Do I think he's overpaid currently? Yes. And and I don't think that's necessarily fair because this is all future, you know, future-based wins is what is what you're looking to do with, with, a, with a franchise quarterback. The reason why he's overpaid is now he has an ACL. And he's had lower leg injuries in the past. And it's something that while the sticker price may shock you now, 
a couple of years down the road, it's going to be, you know, I mean, it'll be very team friendly at that point. I think Kyler Murray's, he's not even the top five highest paid quarterbacks. I don't believe contract wise in the NFL anymore. And that's going to go, it's going to jettison. It's going to plummet when Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, et cetera, get their contracts. And when Patrick Mahomes gets another one at some point. But when you look at the arc of Kyler Murray's career so far, he started in 2019, taking over one of the worst offenses the history of football has ever seen. The Cardinals averaged 14.1 points per game in 2018. I'll never forget that number. One of the reasons why is because they averaged less points per game than the 2008 Detroit Lions who went 0-16. Steve Wilkes was in over his head, but it wasn't his fault. Didn't necessarily have the tools necessary, the coaches, the leadership necessary in an effort to win games. He was fired. Then the massive overcorrection by Steve Kimbury and Cliff Kingsbury in the supposed match made in heaven between Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, who never been coach and player before, really. Cliff Kingsbury just always wanted to coach Kyler Murray. Comes in 2019, and week one of 2019 is where I still see Kyler Murray. Okay? Not skill set, not anything like that, but for those that forgot or that need a refresher, the Cardinals went down two scores at least at halftime, three scores, I believe, in the third quarter, and then Kyler Murray brings them on this incredible comeback where they go to overtime and were a Tremaine Brock ball off the chest plate in Detroit's uh, in Detroit's zone on their side of the field from potentially kicking a field goal and winning the game in a miraculous fashion in week one. Cliff Kingsbury came out somewhat tongue-in-cheek at, at, at the end of the game, said, I thought I was going to get fired at halftime. That's the beginning of Kyler Murray's career. They go down big. He brings them all the way back. Then 2020, they start five and three or six and three, Hale Murray, and then DeAndre Hopkins gets hurt. Kyler Murray gets hurt, and that's that season. Cardinals still probably should have made the playoffs then. They lost a lot of bad games in 2020. 2021, start 7-0. Kyler Murray's an MVP candidate. A.J. Green doesn't turn around, or Kyler Murray misses him. Uh, Rasul Douglas intercepts the ball in the Super Bowl. In the, in the Super Bowl. In the end zone, Cardinals lose. And then everything kind of, you know, falls off the rails. They go 10-2, and two, and then they just lose a bunch of bad games to teams they should beat. Playoff game. The underhanded pick six in the end zone. That's what people remember. And then 2022 was 2022. But I'm going to tell you the benchmarks, the, the bookends from his start of his career to the end of his career was the miraculous comeback against Detroit in the second half of his first game in the NFL. And then week two in Vegas, when he put that team on his back and they came back and won that game in overtime on a scoop and score. So when you look at the shortcomings of Kyler Murray, the not so great skill sets or portions of a skill set of Kyler Murray, you've also got to look at the positives. This dude is an MVP candidate when he plays like it. Well, any, any player could be an MVP candidate when they play like it. No, they can't. No, they can't. People don't, like, Kyler Murray's ceiling isn't just an average ceiling. It's an MVP ceiling. We've seen it. I call them lovingly the oh my God moments. Kyler Murray has shown enough oh my God moments to warrant that contract that he got. And you know what breeds and gets massaged more oh my God moments out of a player? Coaching, leadership, mentorship, instruction, direction. 
And that's something that Kyler Murray severely lacked in his first four years in the NFL. Was, is Kyler Murray been perfect? No. Has he been the best leader? Absolutely not. Does he have work to do? Of course. Not every quarterback is going to be like Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or Josh Allen. Josh Allen hasn't, Kyler Murray and Josh Allen have won the same amount. So when you ask if Kyler Murray's overrated, say no. Why? Because we don't know what he's like without that restrictor played off that's been holding him back like Cliff Kingsbury. Did Cliff Kingsbury do great things for Kyler Murray? At times. Did Cliff Kingsbury act as the reason why Kyler Murray hasn't been able to grow and get better as a player and quarterback and leader? A hundred percent. You know why? Because Cliff Kingsbury's never done it before. So we'll see this season. But absolutely not. Kyler Murray is not overrated. Next. What does Bleacher Report think about it? I'm going to put some numbers and read some quotes from Gary Davenport in his article that pretty much starts off with Kyler Murray as the most overrated player in 2023 as it pertains to quarterbacks before he goes down the rest of positions. That's next. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by Bill Parr. Okay. Another thing that's not overrated, it's probably underrated. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugars and calories, then you need to taste the best tasting protein bar ever. Built. You got to try it, man. If you know, if you like to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you. Okay. Built bars and built puffs. Built bars are healthy and taste amazing. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate. So that's right. So they're healthy. They taste amazing. And they taste amazing because they're covered in 100% real chocolate as one of the reasons. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. And I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 grams or 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to go, you know, you don't have to go to Built.com to get a box and you wait for a couple of days, things like that. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's club. And then while obviously you can still go to built.com to get the specialty flavors. That's right. Head to the nearest Walmart today, walk into the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar or coconut puff. If you're close to Sam's club, run in and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can think. The Kyler Murray conversation, it's fascinating, okay? Selfishly, it's fascinating. Because when it comes to his career as an NFL player, there are people that think, well, it's been four years. We should have seen more growth in this, okay? And there are other people who say he's a victim of his surroundings, as pertained to the organization, the dysfunctionality, the head coach, and the GM. Okay. I can debate both sides. I just think one is far more plausible than the other. And I know that those don't like when I say this, and it's not like, oh, this is a hot take. It's I don't like, if you ever want to say a hot take, just it's a hot take. Don't even think about it. Say what you think. Don't preface it by saying hot take. People aren't going to like me for this. Just say it. It works out pretty well for me. One of the things that's, you know, not necessarily popular that I say, though, which I don't really understand, honestly, 
is like, I know. Okay, so just here's my preface. I know, I know that high school and college records don't matter in the NFL. I Trust me, I know that. And I also know that high school or college record for coaches should matter as it pertains to the NFL. Because if you can't win in college, why should you have an NFL job? If you can't draft, why should you still be a GM? So when it comes to where Kyler Murray was drafted, and this isn't just the Arizona Cardinals. It's not an original story that a star quarterback coming out of high school and college goes to a dysfunctional organization and doesn't have the best career because of it, or as one of the reasons why. I'll take the guy who never lost a game in high school and who was a Heisman Trophy winner over a head coach and GM who never won Jack in any level. It's not necessarily fair to Steve Kime because they did make an NFC championship game. Unfortunately for him, his how to build an organization and how to build a roster just caught up with him by constantly doing band-aids over cracks in the foundation instead of really getting to the root of the issue, which is you got to draft better. He couldn't, so he had to, you know, he had to overcome that in a different way. So I look at the guy who's won his entire life as opposed to two guys who never won anything. And I and I don't know why that's not more universally understood. I, I, I don't get that. Now, when it comes to national media, they're a little bit harsher on Kyler Murray than we are locally. And, you know, I've had plenty of like, I've had Mina Kimes on a bunch. She's been, she's understood that Kyler Murray is a guy you can, that can win you games. The game, I think she says, Kyler Murray is a guy you win games because of. And I I don't know why, again, why that's not more nationally understood or agreed upon. So Gary Davenport from Bleach Report wrote this article, okay? And talks about overrated players in the NFL. And Kyler Murray is the first on the list. And he acknowledges that it's tough to kick it off with an injured player. But, you know, this is this is the interesting part. He said, quote, calling Murray overrated doesn't mean he's bad. He's posted a pair of solid seasons, and he goes over some numbers. And then I think the real tie to this was once you get paid QB1 money, that second contract, is when you're automatically overrated if you don't perform immediately. And I don't think that that's an irrational way to look at it whatsoever. Unfortunately, Kyler Murray is going to be out for a large portion of the season. So it's really just going to put a hold on the analysis and the out, overall outlook of Kyler Murray as a quarterback. And on top of that, maybe the most touted draft class of quarterbacks, not just necessarily because of you know stature with Caleb Williams and Drake May, Marvin Harrison Jr., we just haven't had incredible quarterbacks come out the last couple drafts. So this is going to look even more potent as pertaining to, oh, this is the next one to, to transform a franchise. So coupled with Kyler Murray missing the first half of the year, potentially, him having to come back and prove his, prove his worth, with the next step being if he doesn't, you have these two young quarterbacks you can draft and not have to pay as much money. You're paying them over the entirety of their contract, less than one year of what Kyler Murray makes in his currently, it adds extra external, like, not pressure, but it puts the timeline on like 1.2x speed. 
And for those that don't watch content or listen to content in real time, you know exactly what 1.2x, 1.5x, 2x speed is. Just speeds things up. It adds just a little, a little fast forward, like the one when you're watching Netflix or something. Not the four, just the one where it just slowly moves along. So that adds added pressure on top of the pressure to perform right after getting that contract. So this is going to be clunky if Kyler Murray misses more than a handful of games. It Just like with DeAndre Hopkins, I'm not comparing the two directly, but just like with DeAndre Hopkins, we didn't see proof of concept with him, Kyler Murray, and Hollywood Brown on the field playing meaningful snaps, which was easier to move off of him. They probably would have moved off of him anyways, but the fact that Kyler Murray missed the second half of the season, the Cardinals wouldn't have had the third overall pick if Kyler Murray played. So it would have been a whole different situation. Like, do you bring back DeAndre Hopkins? Are you doing this? Like, everything would have changed. So now, with the overrated part, it makes it easier to say that he is, not just because. He got the contract extension, not just because he's going to miss so much time, but also because there are easier out options come 2024 if the Cardinals draft in top two, whether it be their pick or Houston's pick. So this, the cards are, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't say that as a pun, like to be funny at all. The cards are stacked against Kyler Murray specifically in this conversation because barring him coming out and just balling out when he comes back, which he 100% could do. Like, that's not, like, far-fetched. Looking at the other options is something that's going to be more prevalent than if this was going into this quarterback draft where there wasn't potentially a transcendent quarterback that the Cardinals could, could grab with one of the first two picks. So is he overrated, Kyler Murray? No. Does it make him look more so? Because of the contract he has and because of the time he's going to miss and because of how the last two seasons ended, sure. Those are circumstantial. Nobody, I mean, he didn't try to get hurt. I just think, going back to my first segment, that we've seen so many oh-my-God moments from Kyler Murray that he's a good coach, a good offensive line, and just some bounces away from them just removing him from this overrated conversation. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. What does this offense look like without DeAndre Hopkins? Let's hit it next. I've said multiple times how much DeAndre Hopkins meant to this Arizona Cardinals team. Like, DeAndre Hopkins is, I say that I've said this a lot too, is DeAndre Hopkins is on that Andre Johnson path where he's never been appreciated as much as he should be. Quarterback play mirrors Larry Fitzgerald's, you know, aside from obviously Kyler Murray and, and uh, Larry Fitzgerald and Kurt Warner, Carson Palmer, and, 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 you know, and DeAndre Hopkins had, had, uh, had Deshaun Watson, but, there were a lot of quarterbacks throwing him the ball. TJ Yates, et cetera. Case Keenum, I think. I mean, just not, not great. And then, you know, you have Corey Trace McSorley, et cetera. But now that he's gone and probably going to go sign with the Chiefs or Bills and win a Super Bowl, what does it mean just for the future of this offense? Let's jump back to 2021. 
Who is the most important offensive player not named Kyler Murray? It's James Conner. Skill position. I mean, probably Rodney Hudson or, you know, somebody like that. But it was James Conner. And what that did was open up the air attack. James Conner being so exemplary, especially inside the 10-yard line, opened up a bunch of the rest of the playbook that Cliff Kingsbury probably didn't use as much as he could. But the run game opens up the pass game. If the Cardinals can win, you know, 10 games a year and Kyler Murray doesn't throw for 4,000 yards, who cares? He doesn't have to throw the ball 40 times a game. If they can establish a run game, and I think James Conner should be a Cardinal. Like, James Conner should be a Cardinal. I know he's got another year. I think they can get out from him at, at the end, at the end of next season, depending on what happens. But like at the end of this season, I mean, I, think, I believe there's an out in, in that contract, him and Zach Ertz. But remember that James Conner was the most important player. Now, the problem they ran into was they overutilized him. I said multiple times that offseason, it's got to be 60-40. You cannot have him touch the ball 7 or 80% of the time and expect him to withstand the rigors of a full season. And he, and he didn't. So once they started relying on him only, that's when things kind of fell off the cliff. But when it comes to like how it was, how serendipitous it was at the beginning of the season, when DeAndre Hopkins was the second option, I guess, just overall, that's where the Cardinals were, were bared the most fruits. So when you look at 2023, there's going to be a couple players on offense that you're really going to have to take a good look at. And luckily, they're both wide receivers. It's Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore. Now, if Rondell Moore can't stay healthy, good riddance. It sucks. He's a good dude. He's a good locker room guy. Just can't stay healthy. When he's healthy, he's electric. I compared him to Lamar Jackson last year in, op- in the open field. Like, they just look so fluid. It's so fun to watch them in the open field because it's effortless. It's incredible to see those guys in the open field. Like Cooper Cup's kind of like that too. He's a little bit more laborious when he runs. Like Travis Kelsey's like that, where it's just effortless. Gronk was like that, even though he was more clunky, but it's like, he was it's just effortless. And that's what Rondell Moore's like. He's 0-16 to 16, in 2.9. He's one of the three Teslas I mentioned with Hollywood Brown and Greg Dorch. But you look at Hollywood Brown, fifth-year option exercised. They're going to have to make a decision on him at the end of the year. I'm kind of in the camp that it's either both Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown or neither. Because um, there's no reason in keeping Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray's not here. They traded him to play with Kyler Murray, Steve Kime. Remember, Tyler Linderbaum should have been the choice. Um but still, going into going into 2023, it's not really going to be about wins and losses. And I mentioned this a bunch as well. It's going to be about the culture shift, the infrastructure growing, the foundation strengthening and building. And just looking at the Arizona Cardinals as the Arizona Cardinals in name only. Dan Campbell et al. in Detroit. That's, that is the goal for the Arizona Cardinals. Make this team fun to watch again. 2021 was great, but it was very, it was put together with paper mache. There's no contingency plan. And now the Cardinals are building organically in an effort to have sustained success and not hoping to just catch lightning in a bottle.
So going into the, you know, what is the offense going to look like in 2023 without DeAndre Hopkins? James Connors here. We'll see what happens with the running back room, the offensive line. It's going to be great to watch with Paris Johnson Jr. and John Gaines. We'll see if John Gaines was the steal of the draft in the late rounds to play center out of UCLA. We'll see what's up with DJ Humphreys, Kevin Beecham, maybe the on man out. We really don't know. But with skill position wise, the wide receiver room is going to be the biggest question mark. And seeing guys like Hollywood Brown, Rondo Moore, Greg Dorch, and you know Michael Wilson, Zach Pascal, Pascal. I'm curious to see what Hollywood Brown and, and Rondo Moore can do because there's going to be reps. There's going to be targets. DeAndre Hopkins, what, 150 targets last year? Maybe not that many because he was out for six games and towards the tail end, but he was a target monster. There's going to be plenty of passes to go around. Who comes down with those passes with the most ef- uh, efficiency and who stays on the field and avoids injury? They're going to be on this team for the future, and the others probably won't. Alex Lancey, Lockdown Cardinals. I'll talk to you tomorrow.